0: to protect our past, where we value the historical identity of the Cape and the islands, a place we all so love. And I'm here with our co-host, Matt Holden.
1: Hi, Ellen. How are you? I
0: am great. Good Telling, to see you again. Well, it's always good to see you, and it's February already. What's happened to time? Maybe summer will be here tomorrow. I wouldn't mind that.
1: Well, we've got a lot of uh, cool things coming up we later sure do. in the year. There but there. before we talk about that in detail... Uh, What do we got going on today? I think before we continue and introduce our guests, we want to introduce ourselves, who we are, and where people can find more information about our uh, nonprofit and our cause.
0: All right. You go for
1: it. Okay. Well, uh, again, we're happy, pleased to be on WMR and to be a uh, valued member of the WOMR listening audience. Uh, My name is Matt Holden. I am the co-host here with uh, the founder and president of the nonprofit. Uh, Protect Our Past, which is based in Chatham. And Protect Our Past is a organization that is dedicated to uh, educating, enlightening, and entertaining people about the value of the historic fabric of Cape Cod and the yeah. importance of preserving that historic fabric.
0: Yeah, it's sad. We're watching the streetscapes disappear. and And, and they're all based on the history of this peninsula, which is very unique. So We're here to slow that down and open up the eyes and ears of everyone to say, hmm.
1: And you can do that through uh, interacting with a variety of social media outlets that we have available in addition to our website, which is www.protectourpast.com. Dot org. Dot org, .org, excuse me. Sorry. We're a nonprofit. Our pop clips on our YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, they're called Pop Reels. And then, of course, we have the film Love Letter to Cape Cod, which I encourage everyone to Well, let's talk a little bit about that
1: for a minute because yeah. it was uh, so well received last year. And it it, it, it warrants uh, further detail.
0: Actually, it's it's still being shown. We just showed it on Saturday to a large group. And, oh, my goodness, the response is always the same. It's so powerful. It's so inspiring. Thank you for doing this. And actually, someone said we were a whole tomato, which Versus I thought a was cool. Tomato. Yeah, or even three-quarter or half. We are a whole tomato. I How thought about that was that? cool.
1: Yeah, what, we great. Lastly, what's our, uh, what's our other media outlet? It's uh, Instagram. You can find content out there as well.
0: Yes, Protect Our Past on Instagram and Facebook. It's Protect Our Past USA, because if you don't add USA, you'll end up in Ireland. Ireland. Which at this time of year is not such a great place to be.
1: Well, I think any place would be better than where we are, given the weather. But <laughs> we are having some. Okay, so well, let's move on to our guest, uh, <laughs> yes. Jared Fulcher Chatham native, grew up surrounded by the quaint streetscapes we all love. He is a walking, talking encyclopedia of Cape Cod history. You're kind of an ask Jeeves, a shell answer man, if you will, about Cape Cod and history. Jared, welcome
2: and. Uh, Look forward to our conversation today. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, Ellen's already, you know, put a lot of pressure on me for that. <laughs> Call me in the encyclopedia.
1: Yes,
0: yes. Well, you are. Anytime I have a question, I know where to go, and you do have. The I could answer. be lying to you,
2: though. Well,
0: so far <laughs> you've checked out, Jared. Don't tell me, please. Don't don't spoil it for okay. me. All right. Okay. All right. So um, that begs the question, because you're so much younger than I am. How is it that you are so immersed in history? What happened to create that?
2: Well, I'm older on the inside than I am on the outside. An old oh. soul, if you will. That's right. That's right. Not the first time I've heard that. Um, my Well, I grew up in Chatham. Both my parents came from Chatham. Um, and one side of the family came from the settlers. And uh, it's just... It's not that my parents were historians. It was just that I learned to appreciate what was around me and my own family history and how that history tied in with the founding of the town and with the area. And uh, it it was always around me and it always kind of intrigued me to be able to go out and see my own history, my own family's history right outside, you know, my door pretty much. And so I always wanted to read up on it. I always wanted to learn more. Uh, I was always asking the older generations, uh, you know how you have people, uh, they lose somebody in their life and they say, oh, I really wish I'd asked them all these questions. And then I started doing it. I started doing it before I lost the older generation. So I mm-hmm. always had more more in common with my, the older generation, the elders in the family than I did with my own. So,
0: And you've passed this on. To your children, you're dedicated to doing um,
2: that. I'm dragging them through the mud. <laughs> oh, you, no. You know, they, uh, yeah, they, they're going to get their history, um, and it's up to them when they're they're older. They're still uh, pretty young. They're both in elementary school now. Um, but it's, it's up to them when they're older if they want to continue to know about their own history, about their regional history, their town history. Um, but right now it's my job to make them aware of where they came from and who their people are where what their town is, where their town came from, and so someday down the road, you know, they might learn to appreciate it. But but for now, I'm making sure that they're going to get their their history.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Jared, I was a history major, and I love history because history is history tells a story. A house tells a story. Ellen's car tells a story about where it's been. Uh, it is so much oh, more. Uh, help us understand, you know what. What incites you to, to embrace history, particularly here on the lower Cape?
2: Um, I think it's just it's a matter of being fascinated by it and if you're a student of it, you know, I think we all are in a, in a certain way. Um, you want to learn, you want to be surprised by things because it's more than just sitting down with a textbook and reading, you know, endlessly and being bored to death by it. Um, you can still be surprised by certain things that have occurred in history, uh, people that your own ancestors may have interacted with, um, the traditions that they brought with them, um, and what's become accustomed uh, to the area. So it's 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 more than just uh, you know like the the typical high school on board history class I'm I'm not learning anything from this it's you can really be surprised by history and you can learn a lot
1: so give us an example of uh, you know say for example that you're uh, entertaining people that are first timers to the cape and you're driving them around it doesn't have to be Chatham, it could be any town community in in on the cape and you point certain things out little quirky vignettes about a specific home can you give us an example of saying hey that at one time was A
2: stable, or it was a prison, or. One thing that stuck with me, and I think I learned it when I was about seven years old, was that when Charles Lindbergh flew the Atlantic, the very first people in the United States was the French Cable Company in Orleans. They were the first ones to know that he had landed safely in France. And it's just, it's little things like that. You know, you drive past like the French Cable Station a million times in a day. You never knew that a big piece of history occurred there. Something notable mm-hmm. happened there, um, and that could be one of those things. Or, like uh, you know, in Chatham, for instance, um, at the uh, the RCA uh, Museum, which was operating actually when I was a kid. The Hindenburg actually almost struck one of the towers, one of the transmitter wow. towers in Chatham, and that was shortly before it went down to Lakehurst, New Jersey, and ultimately blew up. Uh, so little little things like that that don't technically um, – well, they're not necessarily you're going to find them in a textbook, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that you can retain and, and pass on to and somebody And you got to pass it on, right? Right, right.
0: So that brings the history alive, actually, yes, it does. Is experience. Is there um, – other than the RCA – museum area is there another place on the cape that you you would recommend everybody take to go see themselves or take their children to see that really stirs the innards Mm. oh
2: there really are (laughs) quite a quite a few um i actually would say take i mean if you have the time really drive from one end of the cape to the other and take your time um on what road Well, Well, you have to start up here on 6, that's
0: pretty (laughs) obvious. No, not on (laughs) 6.
2: You know, if you're pressed for time. Yeah, Yeah. right. No, the uh, the old Kings Highway is definitely a way to go, but um, take it slow and go through each town and actually stop and and look at, uh, not necessarily the main street in every town, but, um, you know. I drive I drive the entire Cape every single day, and I get to go down back roads and all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's definitely worth it to take your time in each town and go down the back roads that you wouldn't necessarily go down otherwise. And what
0: are you going to find?
2: Well, you don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I was going <laughs> to say, you have
0: to have
1: a sense of intrigue, and you have to be equipped with some things. In other words, you need to know what to look for, and that doesn't mean that people that do this have to study up and, and take on a big homework assignment, but they right. have to kind of know
2: what to look for. Right. Yeah, it's, there's a little reading involved. You yeah. want to know the the area. You want to know maybe what some of the towns are known for. Um, but, you know, the, the little pamphlets that the towns put out to a degree are – are helpful, but that's that's history that everybody's gonna to um, is gonna come across, and you're gonna go to the more notable sites. It's like you know, oh, everybody's gonna go down to Chatham Light because it's a more notable site. Go down the back roads. see what you can find.
0: Right, right. You um, uh, you have seen one house in particular recently. I know your wife and children went to see well, the Banana King's house. Yes, you might want to share everybody what's so special about that <laughs> and where that is
2: so uh the name of the house is bill vernon it's in well fleet and it was the uh, baker estate uh it was built um well it wasn't built for but it was later acquired by uh, lorenzo dow baker who was a native son of well fleet and he His uh, big claim to fame was being the first importer of bananas into the United States. Uh, He had formed the Boston Fruit Company, which became the United Fruit Company, and ultimately became Chiquita Banana. Uh, So he was the first person to import the bananas, and he actually was a large benefactor to the town of Wellfleet. Uh, Mayo Beach he owned, gave it to the town. Bakersfield is named after him, Uh, Mm -hmm. and he really wanted to give back to his town, but his summer residence was this large estate uh, which is still standing and uh, you can actually visit it's right in the center of well fleet it's not open to the public still privately owned but you can get a good look at it um, and i actually had the fortune to tour it just a couple of years ago because i happened to meet the owner in an off chance and he said hey you want to come on in you want to check out the house and i said absolutely i'd never met an old house i didn't like and uh, <laughs> i got the good uh, one on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Got the got the full tour. Um, and it was just it was absolutely amazing. it was It was people who were dedicated to restoring the history of the house uh, for several years, painstaking, a lot of money involved, uh, but actually brought the house up to basically how it had been when uh, the Baker family first bought it.
0: yeah, I have I have to go see it. I haven't seen. It. I certainly read all about it. And we have a pup reel that uh, was just recently produced by actually Jared's wife. And so I recommend that you go to our website or go to our YouTube site, Protect Our Past, P-A-S-T, by the way, and and watch it. It's just so much fun to learn. There are other pop reels as well. We're we're sort of on a phase of did you know pop reels, so you'll learn. And there's like other this. stories
1: out there that have yet to yep. be yep. documented and recorded, and um, that's just one example.
2: That's that kind of goes back to the being surprised by history. It's a, there's always a did you know somewhere, and most times you'll find that people did not know. But you know, and
0: well. that's why we love you, Taryn. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to switch it a little bit and say, um, you know, there are the, t- t- nationally, and a house is historic if it's 50 years old, which seems a little bit odd to me, but that's what they've said. <laughs> uh, in Massachusetts, it's 75 years. So if we go back 75 years, the houses that were built in 1950, 1945, 50. Post-World War Two Are right. historic houses. So people would probably be surprised when they see them. They're not necessarily the older traditional styles that we know well, salt boxes perhaps, but um, or three-quarter cape or a whole cape. But they still are historic, according to... The definition. Right. How do you feel about those houses, and should they be
2: saved? I think in a lot of towns, such Chatham has the the cutoff being seventy five years with the demolition delay. I think it's a good um, a good setback to look at each house if if there's a demolition involved to assess if it is worth saving or not. Like you said, post-World War II, you go right into the baby boomer. Um, Things were growing. It's a whole way of life that's obviously completely gone now. Uh, So 75 is a lot farther away from us than we think it is. Mm And uh, I I think it's it's a good way to review. It's a good place to start off. I think, like Ellen said, 50 years is a little too close because 50 years ago, really.
1: <laughs> but the historic merit in a house post-World War II may not be readily available or visible to someone with an unpracticed eye. And, Ellen, this is what we're in the business of, is educating people on looking for these things. Right. Whether your house was built in Douglas fir, and you may not be able to see the bones of the house, but... The, the historic merit of that house is there it's it's present. you just have to look for it
0: right and and i you know we've been up against trying to save houses that were built just after you know nineteen hundred so maybe a hundred years old, maybe a little more than that. and people think, ah, oh, that's not very old. and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, yes, it is and let's let's talk about this in part because of the materials that were used as opposed to the materials that are being used today. True. Do you want to comment on that?
2: Um referring to the 75 year. Yeah,
0: 75 and even even 50 perhaps. Um the the materials that were used then were more solid wood
2: versus They were they were more solid and you're going to run into a lot of asbestos. Oh, right. That's, that's when we had our love affair with asbestos was that, that time range. Right. Um, but you're right. 75 years you were using construction materials that were a little more superior than to what we're using now. Um, and that's, I think that's just the nature of the trades and, and uh, materials. But um, I think you're also going to find a, maybe a little bit better craftsmanship at that time. That's a good point as Uh, well. Absolutely. I think uh, there's been a lot lost along the way, and craftsmanship has been one of them. That's not to say that all contractors are hacks and and ready to wing it through a job, but I think to a lot of people it is just a job, and they're just going to collect their check and move on, and that's why you see so many buildings going up as quickly as you you do today uh, that would have had a little more time spent on them in the past.
0: Okay, so now I'm going to go to the really hard part is when a building, I know you've seen this happen personally, that's what I'm asking you. When a building is torn down and thrown in a dumpster, what happens to all that beautiful historic wood that has been thrown in the dumpster?
2: Unless you find me picking through the dumpster and pulling all the <laughs> antique lumber out, um, what I know about it is that it's actually being uh, ground up and uh, taken um, as far as I know out to the Midwest and they're actually filling up abandoned mine shafts with it. huh um, And that's probably not the the sheetrock and all the insulation that you would find that's you know been updated over the years, but as far as lumber goes, that's that's what I understand to be happening with it.
0: And how about the incineration? Isn't that some of it just being burned?
2: I'm sure some of it is. Once it's been picked through and and pretty well um, found to be just uh, just the lumber, but at any rate, it's being completely pulverized and destroyed.
0: How does it get off the cape?
2: Uh, it's usually transported by truck. Um, I know from the upper cape, it does go by rail car. Uh, so it does leave from. There is a transfer station that's on Otis Air Force Base and it's privately operated, and that's where you'll find a lot of uh, demolition materials, and they leave by rail car. From this end of the Cape, it usually goes by tractor trailer. Hmm.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna to move to another subject. unless you have a question for me. Well, can...
2: I do have a question,
0: Jared.
1: It. So I noticed um, you have a Facebook page, and it's very popular, and people interact with it, and it's old pictures of Main Street Cape Cod, and many of them are Chatham. Um, where are you getting these photos? Because some of them are just fascinating. <laughs> yes. You talk about a story. Uh, it It's
2: just amazing of, of how Main Street's commercial areas have changed over yeah. time. Um, I actually – some of the stuff I've inherited, uh, some of the stuff has been deliberately put in my path by maybe the – higher power i don't know uh (laughs) i literally came across so just a side side story the man who married rebecca and i was a historian himself he saved everything and after he died several years ago um i guess a lot of his personal possessions and all the historical stuff that he had saved kind of sat in a warehouse Mm -hmm. and i just happened to come across it in the dump one day um A lot of his family pictures, historical pictures of the town, just were laid right out there. And I grabbed everything I could, saved it. And I said, this is just, it's uncanny. But to answer your question, sometimes I inherit it, and sometimes I inherit it by ways I wouldn't expect to. Um, So I've I've taken a collection of photographs, postcards, you name it. And I just, I like to do it because I know people want to see it, but I also... I learn something because Mm -hmm. it jogs people's memories. Oh, well, this was this, and this is how this went, and this road went here. And then I learned something about it. Other people learned something about it. It actually makes a conversation, so it's actually pretty interesting.
1: Well, I think it's one of the most, Ellen, one of the most effective ways in which you can, uh, again, it's enlighten, educate, entertain people. uh, To get them to connect with the history of their community is through pictures and doing it through social media. Yeah. And seeing their feedback and... As yeah, Jared I always, said,
0: I always look for it and and it's Jared, can we <laughs> j- just tell everybody how they can connect with your Facebook? Do you mind?
2: it's sure if you look me up it's uh it's my name Jared Fulcher um but I am a member of a group. It's called if you grew up in Chatham, you remember when that's where I like to put a lot of stuff because it's a lot of the the townies and recalling things uh, that I didn't know because uh, I certainly don't know all the history and I you know I like to learn as much as I can. Uh, so that's that's the easiest place to find some of the stuff that I post.
1: Well, continue the good work. Now, uh, transitioning, Ellen is always holding me hostage with these quotes here. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna uh, refer to a quote here, and would like your thoughts on it. And this is uh, by an architect, architecture critic, Paul Goldberger. Quote: Architecture is about the long haul. It is here to say that something that mattered yesterday still matters today, and more important. W- will still matter tomorrow is it still a way
2: that generations speak to each other unquote your thoughts uh i i do agree with it being a a new englander it's uh that's something that is well it it does speak truth um because you're at least up here, your history is all around you, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the architecture. And that's why I think it's so important because you're looking at a tangible part of the past. Uh, people people die. People move away. The structures usually remain if you let them. Um, and so I think it's pretty neat that you can um, visit or at least drive by maybe structures that your parents, your grandparents, maybe even uh, your long-lost ancestors even built. Or patronized, I think uh, absolutely it's a it's a it's a connection. It's a direct connection to the uh, to the past for sure.
1: I agree, particularly here in Provincetown, right, Ellen?
0: Oh yeah, it's all around us here. And you
2: drive <laughs> down Commercial Street, and
1: you know, Generation Gibson Drive down, and remember that certain things were a yeah. different business at one time. It was a church, or a bar, or, or whatever it may be, a warehouse.
2: Yeah, this, this building we're sitting in. Yes, there this we building go. We're right.
0: sitting in. So, I'm gonna to go toward another subject which I think is dear and dear to your heart. And we're as protect our past, we're trying to um, take a look at it and see if we can make this happen. The Cape needs a salvage center.
2: that's That's a very good idea.
0: Well, I know that your wife would be happy to get all the <laughs> stuff out of your basement or wherever you hide everything in your house. Yep. But um, for all who are listening, we would—we're uh, looking at the idea of helping a group. We're not sure how to put this together. Protector Pass wants to be part of, but not necessarily manage and run a salvage center on Cape Cod. I know so many people, not just Jared who have been saving these beautiful pieces of wood. You have a lot of mahogany right now, as I understand. I
2: do have a lot of mahogany.
0: And and they're always looking for a home for it. And rather than have it thrown away, they're storing in their basements, in their garages, and anywhere they can find space. And we just want to find a center where people have access to it. So do you want to comment on that, please
2: That's, it's a very Yankee concept. Yes uh repurposing just about anything even if you don't have a purpose for it at that exact minute is is very yankee and so uh the way things are done today where everything is scrapped everything's thrown out that's a very foreign concept to new england
1: and your place isn't a candidate because you're running out of space to house all this stuff right I, (laughs) (laughs) i really i really i
2: try to you know if somebody can use it even if i have to give it away um i had a guy come down from boston And he bought two pumpkin pine doors uh, that were probably 17th century and that they were going to be scrapped. Wow. And he saw them online. They matched his floor. And he says, all I have to do is convince my wife. He convinced her. He put them up. He sent me pictures. They look great. And I said, I'm glad that they stayed out of the the dumpster and that you could use them. So
0: So if any of you are interested in that subject or anything else with Protect Our Past, uh, let me know. Ellen at protectourpast.org uh more hands the easier the the lighter the work they say we have by the way we have a gala here on uh june 24th i want you to save the date that's when it's not doing... on
1: my birthday this year You no, moved it.
0: i know well you have to move your birthday we'll okay, celebrate I'll your birthday, birthday anyway okay, okay? <laughs> i still have to get that cake that your well, wife you jumped out of it <laughs> last year
1: that was the highlight of the gala yeah, that was
0: sure was right Anyway, we've got to move on. This yeah, time well, just went flying by. But Jared, yep. thank you so yep, much. Jared,
1: thank you. So My interesting.
0: Um, we want to clone you, uh, but Ooh,
2: I don't know if that's a good idea.
0: <laughs> we need some more young people who are as, who are as knowledgeable and interested, or interested in becoming knowledgeable and passionate about the historic identity, the iconic charm of the Cape, and that is all based on history, folks. So. Um, Help us by becoming a friend of Pop. You just go to our website. Uh, that's just a, a whatever level you're comfortable. It helps support all the work that we're doing. Go to our website and check all that out. And. What do you and understand? no
1: denomination is too small for the pop offering plate right Ellen? <laughs> that's right that's okay, right give yeah. me your quarter all right yeah. i'll take it so folks we would love to hear from you um you can visit our website at www.protectourpast.org we have a variety of other social media outlets where you can look at content and film and video uh, you can go to our youtube channel and look at our pop reels uh, you can find us on Facebook at Protect Our Past USA, not Ireland. And you can also review content out at Instagram. Yep. Because we are busy working we to are, save Cape Cod.
0: We are. We have a lot going on. And, again, our website is the best place to go to find out what we're up to. And we like to hear from you, whatever you're thinking. Don't be shy. Let us is know.
1: It, is it time to uh, conclude the program with our friend John Sawhill?
0: Yeah, I said it last month why don't you do it this okay
1: uh in the end a society will be defined not only by what it creates by what it refuses to destroy think about it folks thank you and until next time
0: bye bye